It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on Toginet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships, sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Welcome, everyone, and <clears throat> thank you for being with me today. Excuse me. <clears throat> As I started talking, I got a little tickle in my throat. Uh, anyway, today what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a range of things. I'm going to talk about some sex in the news. I'm going to talk about the uh, body shaming and an issue that many women are having, uh, revenge porn. And it's kind of like the, the cyberbullying, stalking, uh, all rolled into one. And it, it, it's impacting and destroying some young women's lives. So we're going to talk about that, what can be done about it. There's some good news on the horizon where Google has put something into place where you can submit a form and um, ask for things you did not consent to be uh, put on the Internet, to be removed. Now, again, this is like beginner steps for them here. Then I'm going to talk about what did we learn from Father's Day, okay? I mean, we've got... Usually for the majority of us, particularly for women, this is the first person, the first man that we ever loved, and the man who gave us an idea of what to look for. And to me, that is a powerful thing. I mean, there's also, if that person, you know, did you have a reality check and that person really wasn't the kind of father that you wanted to have. Kate Hudson and her brother uh, certainly made that point that their father wasn't there for them. He sort of like, who? And that they consider for, particularly for Kate Hudson, that she considers her mother's partner, Kurt Russell of, you know, how many decades, that that's her true father. Or the father figure that, that things have been based, he's the one that gave it the direction and the drive and said, listen, you've got to try this. This is you. And for her, you know, let's be honest, she grew up in the public, <clears throat> which is not an easy place to be for a lot of people. And, <clears throat> excuse me, good heavens, what's going on here? Okay, I'll be fine. Um, then also, I wanted to talk about a movie that I went to, and the lead actress who was in it, Melissa McCarthy, and she was fabulous in this movie. What was surprising for me is, and I had this conversation with someone afterwards, this is a woman who, here she is, she's in a film where she, and I can't remember the title of the film, but it was her response to a critic 
was making comments about her body and saying she shouldn't be she shouldn't be in this film um, she didn't look good enough the only person who should be able you know and the only reason she's in it is because her husband was directing it well, she is a woman dealing with stress and turmoil in her life and I'll I'll go into more of those details. I have something that I have to go and purchase for myself this week, and that's the new gray book. And I have a few comments about the Fifty Shades comments that people are making. I love how these people are saying all of these incredibly negative things about these books, yet they themselves are not published authors. They themselves have not written a book that has gotten the kind of exposure and the type of connection that these books have. And, I mean, that was one of the first things I remember hearing about Fifty Shades of Grey. It's like how crappy the writing was. Well, obviously, someone's identifying with it. And look, just because she's giving him some really cheesy, cringe-worthy lines, some people do use cheesy, cringe-worthy lines, okay? Sometimes things aren't said and you know, they're said at that moment. So, you know, who knows what she's doing with that. So, anyways, I was going to start off with the Father's Day section. And for many of us, as I said before, your dad or whoever you identified as being your father was a powerful, you know, force in your life. And had you look at what men are like with how men relate. And, you know, if you were raised with two dads or let's say you have a father who isn't, you know, a gay relationship now, or you have two mothers, the real thing that the acknowledgement of Mothers and Father's Day is who was there as your support system, okay? I mean, it's not a whole lot more complicated than that. I thought it was quite cute to see Caitlin uh, uh, Jenner and her family bathing on uh, TMZ. And one of the things that I've done recently is I have stopped going on to all of the internet uh, websites, mainly because the majority of the stuff that's on them is so freaking depressing. I mean, I really, I, I want to hear about people who are killing people on Father's Day. I don't think so. And the more that we put that crap into our brains, I'm just, just going to give you a little insight here. Your brain is set up to, I mean, we were used to being eaten all the time or being attacked. So our brain does have a large fight, you know, and flight section to it. We are programmed to be aware of danger. But we're not programmed to be aware of danger and stressed out 24-7. And that's what all of these news programs and all the news reporting ends up doing for us. I mean, it's not even safe now to go into a house of worship. God forbid. It's not safe to go to, you know, certain countries. God forbid. And all we are doing is being told how much of our lives is not safe. And so when we are, but if we have and download things that are of a kinder nature, that allow us to look at things that are uplifting or funny. Hey, listen, get yourself onto a website and start looking at 
cute, adorable animals. There was one on Facebook today of this little frog. So we're not really talking about sex here today, but what we're talking about is relationship and how you relate to people and whether or not you find people to be safe for you. That's a big thing for many people. I'm going to do a little bit about the uh, married with children. Pardon me, married with children. Hello. <laughs> married at first sight. And I am a huge fan of that show. And the main reason, you know, is this is people who, they don't just want to be dating. They do want to be married. But I think what it has done is this last round where all three of them have chosen to divorce and not continue forward, there were two of the couples, one of the couples, I should say both parties, who their comment was one of the bigger influences in their lives were their stepfathers. And they were the, this was the guy who was full on there for them. And that was Jessica DeCastro and Ryan DeNino. And, but we did see that they had a profoundly volatile relationship. And let's go back to who were the men around you in your life that influenced you? And for Ryan, he said that it was his grandfather and how close he was to him. But what he then did is he mimicked how his grandfather spoke to his grandmother. And he did that with Jessica. Well, I hate to report, but Jessica is not his grandmother. And she wasn't going to put up with this. No one should. That was just like forms of verbal abuse. But I think that there could have been more of a, an interruption for them if Ryan, if someone had stepped in with Ryan and said, look, Ryan, here's the deal. You, you cannot keep talking to her this way. Now, we also know the cameras are there on a regular basis, constantly running. Yet I'm sure when the cameras weren't running, there was more things being said. And it's just the, you know, pay attention to words, but pay more attention to behavior. And they went, they certainly had their highs and their lows, to put it mildly. Now, let's go to the other couple who I felt that this is Sean and Davina. Uh, and Sean Doricchio and Davina, oh, I'm going to massacre her surname, Nutella. Anyways, no, it's not Nutella, that's for everything, that's the thing you put on toast. Um, Anyway, she, Kutler, I'll get it. Anyway, Davina, I think that she really, she was honest about, she didn't feel like Ryan, uh, pardon me, that Sean showed up. And I have to admit, I watched all three of the grooms, like one week, two weeks into, you know, the experiment. And listen, they have said they want to be married, but all three of these guys withdrew. And I'm kind of like, how is it? They've been given a huge opportunity. They had the resources behind it. They had people. They had experts helping them. But I really think that there's something where these three men just did not know how to man up. I mean, here's the deal. You either say this is – you're either – putting yourself out there and really doing it. But Sean and Davina, of 41 days, they only spent 10 together. How are you supposed to make a relationship work? You can't. Even anyone who 
you know, is trying to make a relationship and they have the world watching them. Hello. So we're going to be coming up to our first break here. And when I come back, I'm going to talk some more, uh, the, uh, buried at first sight, because I think we might see a slight change in the show coming into season three. First off, it's not sourced from the New York area. It's going to be sourced from, I believe it's Atlanta that they're, uh, going to. So here we're coming up to um, our first break. Please stay with me. And when I come back, it'll be more sex in the news. Gray and buried at first sight. Oh, Sir, I'm sorry, I can't. My stack system was not, so I have one more minute here. So anyways, let me go through with Brian Ranalone and
Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Before the break, I um, now I'm on stack finally, so I'm going to be able to uh, figure out exactly what, what the time what the time span is here. I uh, had a little technical difficulty, but back on track now. Uh, before the break, I was talking about married at first sight and how the three couples first at the end of the six weeks, Sean and Davina said, "No, we will be getting divorced." Uh, the other two couples said, "Yes." We will stay together. We want to work on that, Ryan and Jessica and Ryan and Jacqueline. Then at the six-week show, six-month show, pardon me, all three couples had decided to part, and even a second attempt by uh, Jacqueline and Ryan ran alone, where they really did seem like the two of them were, you know, very connected. Um, it, too, did not continue forward. And I know that, you know, Ryan had said that his family was important, and yes, they are. But here's the deal, you know, you either are going to have a relationship that's your own relationship, or you're going to stay completely connected to your family, in which case he knows now that he needs to find someone who is within the geographic proximity of his family. Then that's likely going to work a whole lot better because he won't have the stress. Jacqueline looked at, she was willing to, she did things that were scarier for her. She's being intimate for the first time. She's being in a relationship for the first time in seven years. Can you imagine if you hadn't been in a relationship for seven years and one minute you're totally single and the next minute you're married? Now, that's a lot. The, um, you know, they, she did put in her effort. She was traveling, but he withdrew. And I don't blame her for feeling angry and being upset. I have to say that I take a little bit of ex- exception to uh, Dr. Levkoff, Logan Levkoff, calling out Davina on the six-month show and saying that, you know, she didn't give the experiment, you know, she didn't give the experiment, you know, she didn't fully engage in it. And then they find out that, that Sean had only been there 10 days out of 41. Well, Hello? If you can't be around someone and create a history and a foundation, and that, you know, admittedly, as Davina said, there are only 12 people in America that have gone through what they went through. It also had them get right inside of their own heads and look at what really worked for them or, in certain cases, did not work for them. And I would I would hope that there would be you know, more vetting on what the communication skills are like because that was the thing that pulled things completely apart for all three couples. And, you know, I I use these shows as a way to highlight for people the things that are going to be, you know, the bumps and road. And the gentleman who was the host for the six-month anniversary thing, he said it, I thought, you know, rather, you know, cleanly and appropriately that, look, being married isn't about always things, you know, 
going smoothly and, you know, there's things that go up, there's things that go down, but it's whether or not in the long run this is worth it. And they're already casting for season three, and the executive producer uh, got on Facebook and said, look, here's what happens. This is how they get chosen. This is So anyone saying that they just throw them together, I know you know, two of these experts on this show. And I know that Dr. Pepper Schwartz is very thoughtful, very thorough. I mean, they go through this entire thing with these couples. They are, there isn't anything that is slapdash about it at all. And we're talking about people's lives here. So, you know, their lives, their future. And, you know, we do have two couples from the first season who are still, but again, both sides of them work to stay together. You can't create a relationship on your own. You simply can't. It's like wheels on one side of a car, right? And that's what I saw, sadly, when we, I started to see all three of the grooms pull back. However, what they also did realize is for Sean, he does want to have someone who is closer to where he lives. So next time they say, yes, would be willing to relocate, what does that really mean? And that they didn't talk. I mean, Jacqueline said, you know, we were both too polite to say certain things that we should have been saying all along in the beginning and not just waiting until it became an issue. So I still think that the, the premise of the show is solid. I think, is it a Belgian show? That show, anyways. I mean, it came over from Europe, which is what always makes me giggle and laugh. That you know, the people who call themselves uh, development executives here in TV and in film, they basically just copy a lot of stuff. Okay, <laughs> it means knowing what else is really successful in the rest of the world. So let's go back. And one thing that I saw earlier today when I was checking out, you know, sex in the news, was I looked at this one article, and they're talking about that here we have Kate Hudson, who is on a nude beach. She's not nude. She's merely on a nude beach. And I'm like, people, how does that become newsworthy? I mean, are you so starved for putting something up that you have to take a picture of a woman in a bathing suit lying on a beach, and then say, this is big news? It's not. Here's the deal. Over 50% of the world's population has breasts that have adipose tissue in it, slash fat. And so, you know, let's be really honest, but they're basically, you know, bags of, of fat t fatty tissue. I know everyone's going to say, I know, but they're highly desirable, of course. Yet, that's really, I mean, making a big deal about a topless beach Okay, this is a slow news day then, people. Then on top of it, we have in the Daily Mail, they have an article that, and they made a big deal about Petra Ecclestone, who is nursing her daughter while she's on a beach. Well, what the heck? This is her child. She's feeding her child. I don't know how we got to the point where people can no longer have the most, one of the most natural things that mothers do with their children, and they vilify them. They make them, I mean, now finally when I go, to, when I'm traveling, I will see rooms that say lactation station. You can't even
can't even say nursing. You have to say lactation. <laughs> I mean, come on. Get a heavier news day, people, okay? Now, going back to another uh, sex in the news story, the iPad, the operating system, the iOS 9, in their uh, HealthNet apps, they're apparently going to have something where you can track how often you have sex. <laughs> and I read that and I thought, okay, there's got to be more to this story because most people have a pretty good idea of when they've had sex, okay? But what it really is is, is once you dig a little deeper into the story, you find out that it is for um, ovulation, fertility, and you know, really, I mean, for the majority of women, I mean, all you have to know is your own body to know whether or not, you know, the, the mucosal, uh, the cervical mucosa has changed. If, you know, you see the egg white, the mucosal, you know, discharge, I mean, that's when you know, okay, I'm ovulating. And it's something that if you pay attention to your body, you don't have to put it into an iPhone. And then here's the other thing. And then they say that, of course, it's... Um, very uh, carefully uh, secure, right? Okay. Someone wants to hack into it, they're going to find it. I mean, and if you want people to know what your menstrual cycles are like, have at it, I guess. And then the thing they call, I guess, oh, and we can make a contribution of this and send it to um, research scientists. Now, what the heck are they going to do with someone's menstrual cycle? Huh? I mean, I have a hard sciences background. I'm not sure what other things they can look at other than say that this is, we have maybe 25,000 people who say that they have an average cycle of 29 days instead of 28. I don't know. So anyways, I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Now, I'm going to go this coming week, and I'm going to get Gray, the book. And me, I tend to be someone, I don't want to get it just on my, you know, my iPad. I want to actually get the book. Now, I think it's interesting that she's writing this from his perspective because from a spoiler alert standpoint, if you want to see what his perspective is, which is the thing that drove that entire trilogy, go and look at, do a comparison read if you have the trilogy. Look at the chapter in Fifty Shades of Grey when she first meets him. Okay, and I believe that's the first chapter in Fifty Shades, where, and then the second chapter is when he comes up to, when he comes down to, pardon me, uh, Portland to, and walks into the uh, hardware store. Then, if you go to Fifty Shades Free, the second to last chapter, that is what it sounds like this book is written about, the Gray's written about, because that is him and his observations of when he first saw her, what she was like, and he never expected to have that sort of the coup de foudre, the Italian thunderbolt hit him because everything about this man's world is under control. So this is, and if you, and honestly, I took the Fifty Shades of Grey and then I took Fifty Shades Freed and I did a read comparison. They are almost identical. Seriously, sentence word for word, except it's his response to what he's seeing. And, you know, as I said before, I love the people who go like, oh, it's so horrible, and these lines are so cringeworthy, and this is so, okay, then you do better. Write a better one, okay? 
to reinvent this mousetrap kiddo. <laughs> and yet, what most people are so used to doing is having that profoundly negative comment about something. I'm going to read it. I will try and read it from the standpoint of someone who is in middle America reading this book, and they were fascinated by it. It opened up a lot of discussions for people to be able to talk about things they never could talk about before. It gave people a whole lot more awareness that maybe they would like to try something a little kinky. And anyone who says you don't become kinky until you've had you know, all kinds of other different types of sex, I'm going to say I'm hitting the BS meter on you. Bullshit. That's not true. They do. There are some for whom this is profoundly impactful, and it really depends on the person and their nerve endings, the sensation they get, what they have downloaded. So we're coming up to our second break. When I come back, we're going to talk about uh, a little more about uh, the Fifty Shades Grey, and then we're going to go on to revenge porn. Please stay with me. We'll be right back. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Okay, we will. We're going to teach you how to tell your money where to go. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on TogiNet. Learn how to be a savvy investor from someone who has your best interest at heart. Pam Otten is a financial advisor who loves to help successful business owners and entrepreneurs understand the mysteries of the investment world. And she's not afraid to share that knowledge. Pam is an unashamed Christian and qualified kingdom advisor, which means she's trained and committed to integrating biblical principles into her financial advice. Pam believes investing isn't rocket science. This is the financial advisor who's in your corner and truly understands and cares about you and helping you achieve your goals. Securities and advisory services are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC. It's Intelligent Investing with Pam Otten on TogiNet. This is the TogiNet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. Listen, something is brewing. The beautiful business evolution is coming. The way we do business is about to change for the better, forever. This is real business at its very best. On Beautiful Business Radio, you will learn what it means to truly prosper, how to nourish yourself and your business, how to earn what you deserve and make a difference in the world. The tide is rising. The change is here. Discover a new way to live, love, and partner with yourself and your business on Philippa Rollins presents Beautiful Business Radio, where you matter and your business thrives every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central Standard Time, only here on the WooHoo Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. 
It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone. Thank you for being back with me. And before the uh, break, I said I'd carry on a little bit more on the Fifty Shades uh, of Grey and the Grey book that's coming out. And then I'm going to go into sex in the news and the uh, particularly one the, the, on uh, revenge porn. Now, just to finish up, I think what people have, for the women that I know who like this book, they are, they would love to have someone who is that besotted with them. Yet, they, you know, they may not like how the, uh, the, the type of sex that they're having, but the bottom line boils down to, this really is a love story. It's formulaic. It's Harlequin Romance meets Vanilla Kink. It is a formula. This is how they write it. This person, she's young, she's impressionable, he's older, he's slightly dark and maybe a little damaged. And yet she is, she doesn't know why she's so attracted to him. And, you know, she can't figure out why he's attracted to her, which often happens. It's kind of like, oh, well, so, and first off, she isn't interested in him initially. She's kind of like, ah, yeah, that's nice. But, he is the one who drives the entire story. His focus is her, and he doesn't understand why. But, hey, look, they have good villains, they have a lot of food, they have music, they have all kinds of stuff. So I'm hoping that they're still going to have some fun, you know, uh, instant message and their little emails because those were some of the most laugh-out-loud moments in the, the first three books that I read. Now, I'm hoping it's not just going to be from his standpoint of exactly the same story again, or it's going to be like, hey, I've been to that barbecue. I don't need to go again. I've had the, you know, the pulled pork and the beans and everything, and I don't need this again. But I will find out. Now, to go on to another sex in the news story, before I go to revenge porn, how many times do we have to hear about another minister of a megachurch fooling around and having to step down? Now we have Billy Graham's grandson. And it's like, oh people, you know, they are human. It's like, come on, give them a break. But it's also, please don't hold yourself up to a different standard than other people are. Because, I mean, in this day and age, everyone's going to know what you're doing. Okay? You're not going to be able to get away with it. They will have, there will be all kinds of little eye reporters all over. Uh, what I thought was one of the best is the, um, the uh, Catholic priest who was having an ongoing relationship with a woman who had been in his church, and finally, they, you know, someone took pictures of the two of them on a beach, you know, when, you know, where they're having kind of like a dating thing and kissing or whatever, and you know, now he, oh, he's no longer a Catholic priest. He's still a, you know, person of faith. They have married and they now have children, and he said, "This is exactly what I wanted to do." Good. Going back to married, you know, at first sight, I hope all six of these people have a really good queer idea now of what they want to have in relationship. And we're not going to have any of uh, the, unfortunately, uh, Jessica and Ryan Danino, Danira, Danino had uh, an issue of Ryan apparently making threats. I don't know about that. But, you know, when all kinds of emotions get pushed, people do crazy things. Now, that, that takes us to revenge porn. And 
I remember the first time I ever heard anything about this, and it was an individual. She was an attorney at 20th Century Fox when I was working there. And when I worked at Fox, I was in what was called the feature story department. So that means I was working, handling all of the scripts for, and kind of like a traffic cop as to whether people could get them, not get them. And I ended up meeting this person, my twin sister and I were somewhere, and he happened to be sitting at the bar, and, you know, we were talking. And I went to, I think I went out for, you know, dinner a couple of times with him, and there was just something that was a little off. And he kept saying, you know, we really should be, you know, taking pictures of everything that we're doing. or you know. And I'm like, that's very weird. Well, it turns out, now, the woman he had been engaged to, this attorney, the B-Law attorney at Fox, he had taken pictures of her and was trying to blackmail her with nude pictures and sex, you know, the, the two of them having sex videos for her work. And I'm, I remember saying to him, you have got to be kidding. And needless to say, her father, who was also an attorney, went frickin' sideways. But that was the first time I'd heard of and was aware of revenge porn. So that was like 20 years ago. And I remember that this, it was so upsetting for this woman and at the same time, I was aware of two of my friends who had had stalkers. Now, they both were um, beautiful actresses here in Los Angeles, and how it disrupted their lives is unbelievable. Now, in the case of this, uh, the revenge porn, it's often, you, you may be someone you don't even know. And what happened for this one woman, her name is Nikki uh, Rattel, R-E-T-T-E-L-L-E. It was someone who had helped her with accounting. And what he did is he said he had a, um, it was a, a, a pen holder on her desk, and that had a hidden camera in it and uh, a, uh, a chip in it. And what this guy did is he literally, see, you know, he sends it out, sends it out again, but what caught my eye about this revenge porn is that apparently Google has finally done something where they will, uh, on Friday, they put through saying that they will uh, accept from people who did not authorize uh, the posting of their images that they will uh, authorize or they will put this program into place take down the revenge porn images. Now, the problem, how many times do people have to, I mean, there's thousands of places and URLs where things can go. And the, the thing for me that I look at is how has this impacted these young women's lives? I mean, she said her whole life has become an absolute nightmare. So, that so what Google says it's finally taking steps to remove revenge porn from its search results. And so whether or not they're going to remove revenge porn out of it, but when you look at what these people have done, I mean, this to me, this is like one of the more vicious forms of humiliating and attacking women 
that they could be doing. And even when these women would go to the police, the police would basically say, well, you know, what, what can we do about it? Well, bottom line is, they can't do a thing. And I have to tell you, that's very similar to what my two girlfriends said happened to them when they went to the police about these guys stalking them. The police said, well, we can't do anything until he does something. You can't do anything until he, you know, murders her. I mean, there have been uh, a woman who is a um, top uh, uh, announcer in Britain, TV host. She ended up being murdered on her doorstep by some whack job that they knew about. And here we have these girls, and they they are literally, they don't know who the person might be, and but what the what Google is saying that it's going to do is the new policy on Friday that it will allow anyone to fill out a form requesting the removal of nude and sexual images of themselves that have been posted without consent. Now, I will bet you they will not expect how many people will be doing this, and the you know and these would be so if someone took it and it's a revenge boyfriend or it's someone who is a hacker. And you know what, people? Pay attention when you are downloading apps and read what they can actually go in. You are basically, if you're already downloading a free app, you're giving them, in some instances, access to your entire freaking computer, including your all of your database images and all of your email and your contacts. Now. I'm sure that's the reason I get so freaking many ridiculous emails that <clears throat> I get thousands of emails every day that are absolute junk. And not only do they send the same email once or twice, they send it every five minutes. I mean, all they are doing is spamming people to the point all you're doing is swatting things out of the way. But for this revenge porn, I... And here's the other thing, someone can Photoshop your face onto something else, and it's not even you, but it appears to be you. So the things for you, if you are downloading apps, be smart. Don't just assume, I mean, for heaven's sakes, read what you're putting into, you know, and what you're downloading or what you're giving them access to. Because I, you know, the, for a lot of celebrities, that's how they ended up getting into it. Who knows? Maybe their assistant downloaded it and didn't. the person never even knew. But they said, look, I want that new weather app or I want that new this app. Great. Well, you just gave them access to everything. So for many people, if you have had, you know, an unpleasant breakup, and I realize this sounds like, you know, I, I, I'm from the dark ages, but you know what? Unless you know that you want your body all over the Internet, I don't care if it's Snapchat and it's supposed to disappear right away. Not necessarily the, the case, kids. It can still be, you know, uploaded. I read this thing. I'm coming up to my final break. But I read this thing where this woman said, you know, getting a dick shot sent to you is kind of like your cat bringing in a dead bird or mouse. You, you kind of like look at it, but you're going to pick it up with paper and then just dispose of it. That's what most women look at this and they go, that's the best you have to offer. And you think this is really great. I mean, if you look at any of these things and you show the guy going, and the woman's like this, 
really? Uh, I think it's Mother Nature that, you know, opposite sexes are supposed to get along together. We're coming up to our final break. Please stay with me. When I come back, I'm going to be going into more Sex in the News. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Padgett. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more Sex Talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. This is TogiNet, cutting-edge radio. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real-world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion. Every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, you will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. The... Um before the break, I said I would be talking about more sex in the news, and one of the things I'm, I'm just going to touch on quickly before I go into that, I went to see the movie Spy over the weekend. We went and saw this movie, and I have to tell you, it was funnier than I thought it would be. It was smarter than I thought it would be, and the thing that was one of the best parts is the one spy who he, you know, quits and he, you know, storms out. He is just classic as far as cliches when it comes to, you know, the the big bruiser spy. And Jason uh, Stratham plays this character. I believe his name's Ford. Anyway, the one thing that was really, that there were some subtle yet really powerful sexuality messages coming out of that film. And first off, she is, you know, she's the uh, girl in the background in what they call the basement, and she is literally the eyes, ears of one of the characters played by Jude Law. And he is this dashing, very good-looking, and she's, you know, sort of frumpy, and he always goes, oh, I couldn't do it without you. And bottom line is, you know, paying good lip service to her. But she's literally the brains, and when she had gone to the farm, which is what they refer to when people are going in to be agents, she was one of the top of her class. She was 
one of the best in all of the areas. She was a standout, but what she chose to do is sort of truncate her life and look after this Jude Law character, be his sort of like right hand. And the woman who plays the, you know, the director of the, the CIA group, she was great. <laughs> and, but the, the messages that came back out of that were so powerful that when she realizes she doesn't need this guy, but she thinks all of these things are happening around her, she did a bang-up job. Now, it was shot, if I'm not mistaken, in Hungary, and, of course, it was you know, beautiful and all these old buildings and things, but she did an awesome job. You know, it's kind of like the spy movie. There's, you know, the evil Russian is going to be wanting to buy the stolen nuclear, you know, the, the, the nuke that has been held within blah, 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 and so we've got family relationships. But her delivery in that movie was terrific. Now, let me go to another thing that was in the news and concerning Melissa McCarthy. And it was a critic who had made the comment, and I don't know which film it was that she was in, but she was directed by her husband, Ben, who, who is a director. And this critic said, you know, she never should have, you know, she looked horrible. She should have never, you know, been on the screen. And the only reason she got the part is because her husband was directing. Well, apparently, you know, from what I understand, the film itself, she was, a, you know, the character she was playing was under, you know, emotional duress and stress, and she wasn't thinking about what color of lip gloss she was going to be wearing. She was thinking about, in essence, just trying to survive. And eventually, what she did is she was, and Melissa McCarthy was at another precedent. And she uh, met this individual, and she said, you're the person that wrote that article about that I looked horrible, and only my husband should, you know, was directing me. That's the only reason I did the part. And it's like, do you not understand? I, I worked really hard to get into the feeling of what that character would be. And are you trying to say that the only reason I can be on something or in, you know, is if I'm pretty enough? And then she asked him, and here was the bullet between the eyes question for him. Do you have a daughter? And she wasn't doing this in a mean fashion, but trust me, she certainly is more than well aware of the sexism, the ageism, the, the body image. If you want to watch something so hysterical you'll cry, watch the Golden Globes. And I think it was 2011 where she was nominated for Best Actress in a Comedy, and it was her, Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, there was a whole group of them. It's one of the funniest YouTube things you can see in a long time. Anyway, I, I digress, back I go. Uh, so what Melissa McCarthy said to this man is, do you have a daughter? And he was like, yes. And she said, so what messages and images and what, what are the messages that you're giving her about who she is as a young woman, that she can only be successful at something if she's pretty enough? that she could only do something if she only looks a particular way? Is that the message you want to give her? He goes, oh my gosh, no. She said, well then, be aware that it's so easy to take a swipe at someone, as I said before about the Fifty Shades of Grey, all the people who are being critical. Have you written international best-selling books? I have. Perhaps you haven't. I think people need to look at things as... You know, what they really are, they're delivering something that's a form of entertainment for others 
to enjoy, not to attack. And when she said that to him, he got it, which I think is a powerful, powerful tool, the ability to have a form of celebrity and say, look, I'm not, I'm not buying into what you're selling. Now, going on to I'm not buying what you're selling, I read this thing on Huffington Post today, and I thought I would cry. I was laughing so hard. And what this woman did is she wrote about the um, – she was looking for to, the, the things they said. I think it should be a GPS for the soul. Um, and what she talked about is when they tell you what not to wear. Now, as a woman, have you ever looked at those things and gone, who the frick is writing this? Or when they tell someone um, things you should never wear when you're 30. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm like, this is like, this is nonsensical. And by the way, did you know in Cosmo, they have to have, I think it's like seven or eight new articles about sex every month. And I got to tell you, they work, rework, work, rework, fabricate, pull from just about anywhere just to get those seven articles. But this is the thing that I find when I read these things. It's like, did you actually think before you wrote that? So what this woman was talking about is um, it says uh, 50 things not to wear. Uh, no, 10 things not to wear after you're 50. And she, she starts off with, ah, this really was a laugh out loud moment. She goes like this, I, I'm over 50, so fuck it. I'm going to wear whatever I want. And then she goes on to say, look, here's the thing. No one, by the time you get to 50, you don't care what other people are thinking. You are enjoying what you like. But then she said, here are the things not to put on. And they were powerful. It's like, don't wear sadness. Don't wear your sadness all the time. You don't need to be sad. You don't need to, you know, carry the weight of the world on you. No, you don't. And you do not need to have... Oh, you know, people telling you that because you don't want to be able to, you, you do want to have a world that works for you. Just because it doesn't work for somebody else, who cares? The important thing is it's working for you. The other thing, don't wear, you know, she talked about don't wear, you know, the, the bright smiley face. Okay, look, if you're looking at the world only through rose-colored glasses, eh, that might not be the best place for you. As a matter of fact, you, you know, you really do want to be able to just cut to the chase and say, hey, you know what, this doesn't work for me, and I'm done with that, so forget it, okay? Now, when I looked at her, I mean, I, to me, her comments were literally laugh out loud, and she, I think what she did is she said what a lot of women are thinking, which is, don't be ridiculous. Don't try and tell me what I can or can't wear. And bottom line is, if you had the body to be able to wear something, okay, don't wear a onesie, obviously. I mean, there's certain things that only if you have a certain fashion sense. Listen, we've seen enough people who are fashion victims. And, you know, they're, they're around us every day because someone says, oh, this is a great look for you. No. No, it isn't. It's actually in the movie Spy, the woman who she's trying to chase is, you know, the you know, little fashion doyenne. 
and she says, oh, my God, what's that horrible abortion of a dress you're wearing? And she's kind of like, well, you know, I thought it was pretty good. But the thing that it boiled down to was she was aware of what she wanted to wear. But in this thing where, you know, 50 things, you know, the things not to do um, after 50, yeah, don't be unhappy. Don't wear the weight of the world on your shoulders. Don't take, you know, don't say that, you know, everything's fine when it's not. And really, the minute that you come into your own self of who you really want to be, it is so delicious. It is so fabulous. And she she finished up with this thing of, you know, and look, if you want to wear shorts and you have great legs, wear shorts. You know, they don't have to be, you know, bottom hanging or the type that, you know, a teenager would wear if you're not a teenager. I mean, okay, if you have a mirror in your household and you have a feeling about yourself and you're aware of your own body size and image, you should, if you're an adult, you should know how to dress yourself. Now, there are times where people, here, you want to have an insight into where people think they're really powerful. If you're meeting someone for the first time, Look at how they are dressed. And if they are dressed in a time style that is five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, chances are that is when they felt they're most powerful. Uh, you'll see it with men. You'll see it with women. The men will be wearing, you know, the 80s striped shirt with the tie. There's a hilarious ad right now where this guy is talking about, he's going, yes, I know it is Labor Day, but we've got to have a meeting. And he is so out of touch with what's going on, and they show his attire is equally out of touch. But you can have an idea of where someone feels they're very powerful by how they dress. So if you're around someone and they're dressing, you know, fairly currently or, you know, they're dressing in a style, they'll take – here's the thing. The reason why they've got all these purses and bags that are so freaking expensive is because that's what everyone's accessorizing with. They're not buying whole new outfits. I mean, really, when was the last time a bag had to cost $5,000? Not. So, and then the thing that they go, is, can't be matchy-matchy, can't have the shoes and the bag match. You know why they say that? Because no one can afford both of them. So, um, thank you for being with me today. We talked about, you know, the, the sex in the news. And the one thing that I'm looking forward to is getting the gray book and reading it, and I'll report on that. And I'm also thrilled that Hotel Transylvania 2 is coming out. It is one of my better feel-good movies. It totally cracks me up. They must have killed themselves when they were making that film. And again, a film about love and about surmounting all odds. Even if you are a vampire, you can have that thing and fall in love in the first moment. So any questions, you can reach me at office at lupaget.com or you can Facebook me. And I trust you'll have a fabulous rest of the week and here come the tunes thank you for being a part of sex talk with lou on toginet with host lou paget Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 